Welcome to your typical Shona protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kells. Today we're talking about the brilliance of the genre that is slice of life. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing good, man, because we are talking about arguably or maybe even non-arguably my favorite genre of anime. So I know we're your typical Shonen protagonist because we grew up in love on Shonen, but slice of life has taken me these past few years, man. Definitely, you know, having grown and experienced what life is like, um, seeing a show that kind of reflects those struggles and perils and and the relationship building and drama, the basic, you know, hustle and, and struggle through life, it really resonates in a way that, you know, other other genres don't. A hundred percent. Agreed. Like and for those of you who do not know what slice of life anime is or manga, just the slice of life genre. So slice of life is narratives without fantastical aspects, which take place in a recognizable everyday setting, such as like a suburban high school or like a workplace environment and deals with things like romance, like romance or like, you know, grief or loss or real human humanistic, ex, humanistic emotions and experiences. So definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the interactions between one individual and another is really the, the root focus of the genre. It's how do people deal with people in whatever the circumstances are? Yes. It's very character based, which opposed to, you know, I would say Shonen is very like world based. Like it's very so much of the world and so much of like a typical singular characters like journey to either conquer defend or do something along that world it's like that character versus the world whereas i feel like slice of life is like this character interacting with the world experiencing the world and other people um to kind of garnish their experiences definitely uh you know shonen and, and other shows kind of feel like it's the hero journey hero's journey personified um whereas slice of life really f- the the focus is less on the end result and more on how does said character get through the relationships and you know dealings with individuals to get to the final location yes yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly no 100 percent, 100 percent. so you know a lot of people kind of just are unaware of the slice of life genre i feel like they've even watched them but don't even know if they're watching them so some examples of slice of life i mean which i feel like are some that we've watched and some popular ones out there um, I know one of them that we recently watched and did on our other podcast, Content Breaker, shout out to Content Breaker, was Anohana, um, where the flower blooms, which was weird because it was a rare anime that I hadn't seen yet. It was like one of those I knew it was going to be really sad, so I like avoided it, but I watched it for the first time with you guys, and I was like, holy crap, Like this, is the, this hits. This is like a good encapsulation of what a slice of life anime is. Definitely. And, you know, in, in that there is a supernatural kind of vibe um, with the fact that one of our characters is a ghost. Um, but it's it's really more of the conversation about uh, five friends coping with uh, the, the death of one of their friends in early childhood and how that kind of still influences in, in their adolescent and, and teenage years. And 
that's very much kind of one of the focuses of Slice of Life is, you know, here's a situation with people having to live and grow and deal. And and all of them have gone through the same experience, the same kind of root connection. And it's how does that influence them and their interactions with each other, you know, uh, five, seven years later? Yeah, no, it's... And that's something that they have to deal with, you know, even, you know, you see characters where you think are over it and it all kind of like loops back to show how they're all intrinsic to each other's lives, which is really, you know, a really good thing that I'm not saying that other genres don't do because they do, but something that is like the focus, you know, one thing about Shonen, which I'm going to get more into later, um, but one thing about Shonen is I feel like it's just always stuck on tin to be good, like for a slice of life anime. (laughs) You don't always have to have the foot all the way down on the pedal for it to be good and engaging. Like, there's a lot of dialogue-driven, you know, slice of lives in, like, animes, like, that are just really good. Like, you know, Smile Down the Runway is another one that doesn't have that fantastical element. And also brings me another point of the allure of Slice of Life. Slice of life can make you care about things that you don't even think you would ever care about. Like, I like, you know, I dress nice or like, you know, decent, I'll say. I know it looks good on me, but Smile Down the Runway (laughs) had me engaged in fashion. Like, and at the same time, I was forgetting it was about fashion because we had our main characters who were just, you know, a young aspiring model and a young male fashion designer, like a female model and a young male fashion designer who the young male fashion designer was kind of like almost like a shonen protagonist because he was like, you know, down on his luck. His family didn't have a lot of money. He had to work and do all this. He couldn't afford the luxuries of like the fashion industry, all the like fabrics and stuff like that because it was just his mom was sick in the hospital And he was taking care of his three little sisters. So he didn't have all those, you know, accessories that the other, you know, people at his avenue, the fancy art school have. And then you have our female lead who was, you know, the daughter of a mogul, like fashion company mogul. But she is super short. And one thing we know about models is they have to be tall and lengthy. So we got to see kind of like a shonen aspect of that, but through a slice of life of her overcoming that to like find her niche in the model world like what she could do and it turns out what she could do was like it had to be clothes tailored specifically for her yeah and that was just a whole like that was that was a top slice that's a top anime for me too bro and i feel like it's one that slept on like everybody needs to go watch smile down the runway i feel like definitely one of the things that i really like in and it, it it's one of the the key points for shows that are really successful um, and really unique is the specificity. So when I think of specificity, you know, something that is very niche in the presentation of something, you know, Smile Down the Runway really hits it for me in its focus of the modeling world, you know, not only the modeling world of what it's like to take to be a model, um, with all of the the very strict constraints, but also what it's like to be a fashion designer um, and presenting that in in character format. Um, and I, I equate it kind of to the specificity of like Girls in Panzer, which is just a fun schoolgirl anime about like tank sports. 
and the specificity of the tanks as a feature of the show, where it wouldn't be nearly as unique or, or impactful in my mind if we just said, okay, it's, it's just tanks, you know, whatever, whatever a tank looks like. But no, it's like the Panzer IV and, you know, all these different tanks from all these different countries, which kind of makes it very specific and unique. And that's kind of one of the vibes uh, that that smiled on the runway specifically does so successfully um, with that kind of framework. We can then focus on the struggle and the peril uh, that is relatable for these characters going through their lives, wanting big, enormous goals and going up against the the challenge of their circumstances where um, our, our male character has the challenge of finances and being able to afford the materials and, and uh, tools to do the job, uh, whereas our female character is, is dealing with the physical circumstances of her body and not meeting the expected goals but still being able to be um, you know, absolutely gorgeous when the clothes fit her. So we have that team working together to achieve the goals, which definitely, uh, that is that relationship point that is so great. Yeah. And while we're on it, can they please make a season two? It's something I don't want to read the manga of. I just want to experience the anime. So come on, make a, make a season two. But, um, were there any other, I know there's, um, more slice of lights on our list, but there any more that really like stood out to you, like in terms of, like some of it, like the peak ones for you or ones that we've watched recently or you've watched. Recently. I mean, you know, um, there are some shows we've talked about um, either on on your typical show, no protagonist or on content breaker. Of course, we've got Comey can't communicate, which is uh, like the pinnacle of slice of life in terms of like a recent production. Yeah. Uh, but of course, we got the high notes of like, I want to eat your pancreas, which is literally just a story about some schoolgirl dying and having a relationship with one of the the outcast students and that being a, a thing um slight like i want to eat your pancreas was crazy for me just because like it was again one of those ones that i was kind of afraid to watch like anohana but when i did uh, i was kicking myself that it took me to you know 2022 to watch it because it was just like so fantastical but also so grounded like Yes. And how you do that is still, like, perplexing to me. Like, you took this story, which is relatable to many people, and a lot of people, you know, go through this. And then you added these fantastical elements, but are still rooted in reality, such as, you know, um, such as when, like, you just meet this person and they, like, adopt you. And it's like, I only have the short amount of time to live. And you go through this experience, but it's like what like this is an anime that i'm watching this is not like you know a hollywood budget film this is you know an anime that was broadcast yeah. on television like what was it it was a movie so yeah this one was a movie yeah uh but no i i agree and one of the things for i want to eat your pancreas is that you know oftentimes it's a regular life situation with fantasy vibes piled on top um Whereas I want to hit your pancreas is very absolutely grounded in reality. You know, it is very much, there is no magic in this universe. It's just school people going to school while living, while dying. Um, but I mean, it, and, and it works so well because of the, the relationships are so, the relationships and the characters are such the focused and, and well-written. Um, but like even, even can, can conversely, 
Uh, we have shows like uh, Plastic Memories and um, what's the one about being dead and the piano and oh, uh, uh, your lie in April. Not your lie in April. It's the other one. It's uh, man, I feel so dumb. We've talked about this already. You said dead in the piano. Uh, uh, yes, Angel Beats. Oh, Angel Beats. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, yeah. those those are two that are incredibly uh, fantasy based. You know, one is uh, Plastic Memories is about a world where we have robot individuals that have a set lifespan before they go crazy and then they have to be mind wiped. Um, and the other Angel Beats is about the story of, of individuals dealing with their own passing and coming to terms with the situation and then moving on. Um, both very, you know, uh, conversations about loss and, and grief and struggle, um, set in a, a, a time frame and a template that doesn't have to necessarily be real. That's kind of the variety that makes the genre interesting. No, I agree a hundred percent. And <clears throat> one thing I want to say about like slice of life, it's not always, you know, fantastical because you have things like love is hard for an otaku which is literally just the story of um this girl who gets transferred jobs because the her um last job found out that she was a raging like otaku like she had you know figures and played video games did all this stuff and like was in the yaoi and all that so she got super embarrassed and transferred to another like department or another job and when she's there she sees this person she knew as like a childhood friend and he's like playing his Nintendo Switch and all this out in public. And then she's like, aren't you afraid that people are going to know that you're like an otaku? And it's like, oh, I don't care, you know. So and then it's like the romance of them in the workplace. And that's totally realistic. You know, there's not really any fantastical elements to it. But it's still like super engaging because it's character driven. And it's something you can really, really like, you know, see yourself like tomorrow in this position, you know. Um, and then another one that I feel like is like super super underrated not that i'm saying people don't like love it but i feel like i haven't seen like a lot of it well there's actually really two and one of them is you know my teen romantic comedy snafu that is the best okay i don't want to say the best because we we both know what the best is that's probably like <laughs> the second best like high school romance slice of life just or high school romance story ever like because it deals with so, it's so realistic. It's three seasons. I'm not gonna spoil anything that happens, but it's literally the journey of this character who doesn't depend on anyone because he's been hurt in life, like, and he's been called like a weirdo and all these other things. To him, like depending on people and like finding love, and it's like it's it's such a good story. Like I can't rave on that enough. Um, and the other one I feel like people sleep on is. Wow, my brain just... Oh, Sound Euphonium. How did I forget that? <laughs> See, I sleep on it too. But Sound Euphonium, maybe it's just because you and I, Kells, were like huge band nerds, as in being in band for like our whole like grade school career or whatever, um, that I came across this anime and appreciated the hell out of it. Like, it's the story of this baritone player who dreams of making it to like, you know, getting a perfect score at state. And there's this band that's kind of like freshly formed, and there's like, like it's it's really just the story, 
it's it's a giant tournament arc of <laughs> of musicians trying to get superiors at state. And bro, it's, yeah, I, it's I know we we're gonna have the greatest tournament arcs episode coming eventually. Yes. And this, you have to remind me to one watch this show and two put this on the list. Yes, we'll we'll put this on the list for a podcast, so I can definitely talk more in abundance about it. But like, Sound Euphonium is another slice of life that I feel like people really got to get into. But yeah, um, and of course, there's more that we like recommend here. Like, you know, everybody, everybody enjoys Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Man. I feel like it's very wholesome. Violet Evergarden is like people say it's a perfect anime. Um. You know, and not to slight over Bunny Girl Senpai, which is totally a slice okay. of life. Even okay. though everyone I've talked to, with the exception of you, Kales, is saying it's not. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about some of the points we have, and then we'll come back to Bunny Girl and uh, and Devil is a part-timer in the same vein. Yes, and the goat um, that we both know is. So... You know, I just want to tell the people, the listeners, about how this topic like kind of came to be, because obviously we are called your typical shonen protagonist. So why are we making a whole podcast episode dedicated to slice of life? You say because we're enormous weeaboos and we have a podcast about anime. Of course, we're gonna <laughs> yes, basically. But there's there's more there's more to it than that. So when we were doing <laughs> Comey can't communicate on our other podcast with the boys Zog and Strange. Um, I was like, yo, like it was the chalkboard scene in Comey Can't Communicate that really kind of like dialed home that, you know, I think, I believe that slice of life anime is over the board brilliant and so like artistic and personally my favorite genre of anime. And I feel like we got to give it its shine to talk about it. And the other two on that podcast do not appreciate Slice of Life how I appreciate it or how you appreciate it. They're, I don't want to argue at all, but you know. Yeah, like one won't watch anything <laughs> besides Shonen, and the other one is addicted to isekais and just disliking whatever <laughs> I like. So he's not even going to like watch out stuff I recommend. Um, I have given at least one of them absolute hell over not watching Fruits Baskets. Yes, as you should. Him and his wife. But, but I, you know, it was primarily focused on him. Yes. Yes. So I was like, I got to notica- notif- knowledgeify. What is the word, man? Um, inform. I have. Thank you. I have to inform our great YTSP audience who I don't know what you guys' fan base name is or even if we're like good enough for fans, which we are. So y'all we are absolutely good enough for fans. We just have had zero interaction because it's going to be a slog for literally eternity until we get popular. Yes. So make and us popular so you guys yeah. can name yourselves. But anyway, I had to make sure you all knew, you listening to this right now, yeah, you, that you know Slice of Life is great and the reasons why it's great. So that's Tell me why it's great. Okay. So to tell you why it's great, I have to talk about an anime that's currently airing this season, winter of 2022, that I know you have not watched yet because you are super busy getting your master's and living your best life. It's sexy smile down the runway. I mean, I don't like how you did that, but I can't <laughs> like dispute that. But describe it to me in more terms than that. Okay, so My Dress Up Darling is a new slice of life romance anime 
that is airing in the winter 2022 season. And it is basically the story of this girl named Marin who dreams of being a cosplayer, but, you know, sucks at kind of just, you know, sucks at freaking... She sucks costume at creation yes, costume creation, like her makeup that. and all this. But she is a great person. Like she has an amazing personality. She's kind of a garu. So if you don't know what that is, that's a person who has like dyed blonde hair and big nails and all that stuff in Japanese culture. So she's that. She wears a lot of you know makeup and slightly revealing clothes. Um, so we stand her, of course. But. She is so focused on being a cosplay. She was in the sewing room trying to like teach herself how to sew. And there she met our boy Gojo. Not to be confused with Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen, because that's what people love to do. So our boy Gojo is a Hina Dao creator. His grandfather has one of the best Hina shops in Japan. If you don't know what Hina Dao's are, look them up. They're very interesting and creepy. So he's kind of an outcast because that's what he loves. That's his passion in life. And he has been creating those or trying to get to a place where his grandfather was. So that's what he's doing. And they run into each other in the sewing room. And Marin's like, yo, did you make this Hina doll? And he's like, oh, I made the clothes. My grandfather made the actual doll. She's like, yo, well, you designed my cosplay for me. And he's like, what? Um, I don't know, but he's never had a friend before. So he agrees. And it's kind of like... You know, Marin is the most popular girl in school because, you know, she's Marin. And he has no friends. So they kind of just, like, link up. And they go on this journey of cosplay creation together. And I thought it was just going to be kind of like, you know, one-dimensional, two-dimensional. It's gonna like it's a slice of life. So obviously I have, you know, a standard for it. I was like, it's going to be good. But this kind of blew my mind because it was such a turn on how things normally happen in the slice of life romance genre. And I won't give you away with all those details because you got to go watch it for yourself. But it's very, it's not what you expect. It's what you hope for. That's the way I can explain it. Um, really? Yes. So it's very interesting because um, he's not a pushover. He's not a simp character. And she's not like a toxic female, like any hint of toxicity. So I'll just leave you with that. But this story, this animation, and it's done by Cloverworks, which we all know Cloverworks has been hit or miss, especially with the recent um, Promise Neverland Season 2. But I'm kind of happy that we got Promise Neverland Season 2 the way we did because it seems like Cloverworks is apologizing with My Dress Up Darling. <laughs> I'll just say that. And they better keep that same energy for Spy X Family, which is another slice of life. So they're kind of messing up Tokyo 24th Ward, which is another anime that's coming out this season. Going like Cloverworks, but we're not going to talk about that. So anyway, um, My Dress Up Darling is such a good, innovative story. And there's so many hints throughout it. Like there's so many callbacks to the intro as the episodes progress. Like we're on episode seven and I've had this Books A Million gift card since Christmas, and I didn't know what to spend it on because I love reading, and I was like, I don't know, I don't want to regret this. I used it to go buy the complete collection of my dress up darling that was out. And I regret nothing. Wow. Like it's that good. And I haven't bought manga in God knows when. It's been it's been a few years. So the fact that I went and did this, I've normally been buying art books and stuff, but I was like, now nah, I'm going back to the manga grind because I love and appreciate this. Also, we are in a season where we have Attack on Titan. 
and <laughs> and Demon Slayer. And I will say this: I'm looking more forward to my dress up darling than those two. Like, granted, Demon Slayer uh. just ended, but it was that good. Like, my dress up darling is that good. And don't get me wrong, I may be a slice of life fanboy, but I absolutely adore Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan. The manga of Attack sure. on Titan is a different story, but like in terms of production with the anime and whatnot, Mappa, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Euphotable, you're doing a great job. Thank you. And Cloverworks as well. You're doing a good job with this series. All right. So let's talk very shortly about Cloverworks and other series we have seen from them. Like, okay, let's talk about some shonen. They did the last season of Fairy Tale. But also, they did the OG Promised Neverland, which was excellent uh, it adaptation. Was. It was. You're right, you're right. They also did Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. <laughs> they did. like, And a lot of people think that's why... A lot of people blame Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai for um, the downfall of Darling and the Franks, because that was also being worked on by um, Cloverworks. But I... I don't see it, so I'm going to be honest. Well, you know what? For good reason. Yeah. Take that. Come up with your own original story. Well, I mean, adapted, adapted from a light novel, of yes. course. Uh, but, but your unique IP compared to just another Evangelion, but sexy, uh, Darlin' in the Franks. It's a collab with other studios who bail. Like, okay, good. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Give me something that really is different. And I hated that with a passion because I was so rooting for Darling and the Franks to be great. Like, I was. And and it just let me down. Like, I still love the character design of Zero Two. I won't lie. Like, it's still a great character design. Even though it's just, like, vampire Asuka, I still mess with it. Um, And then you have a completely another Asuka, (laughs) like, just there. So, (laughs) and an annoying Shinji. But anyway, I could do this all day. But... Yeah, no, Clover, let's, uh, Cloverworks gave us some great stuff. Like Cloverworks, Let's talk about... No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, Cloverworks, in my opinion, has more hits than it does misses. Yes, which, which is good. It's good to see, you know, yes. that a studio can have some misses and still continue to put out great work. Yes. Like, it's not a trend downward, in yeah. my opinion. I agree. Which is, which is great. Now, something we have kind of pushed off, but let's get into now. There are shows that fit into the slice of life genre that are not explicitly labeled slice of life. Like Rascal does not dream of Bonnie girl senpai. Of course the movie as well. Rascal does not dream of a dreaming girl and like devil is a part-timer. Let's talk about shows that are definitely slice of life that don't fit into the genre label. Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting because you look at, you know, slice of lives, and you're like, okay, this doesn't necessarily, like, it's not a daily routine, but at the same time, it has so many of those aspects, and I feel like with Bunny Girl Senpai, you are literally dealing with, you have the abnormal adolescent syndrome, but I feel like that is the only reason you can say that that is not a slice of life. But you go and look at the number one overall slice of life on AnnieList.co. That's what we go by here. No, my anime list. AnnieList.co over here. It's Fruits Baskets, the final season. which For good reason. Yes. <laughs> and that is the goat of slice of life. And 
tied with Yu Yu Hakusho for my favorite anime of all time. I said it. But um, it is literally, it deals with those supernatural elements as well because it has like characters turning into animals upon the touch of an opposite, you know, gender. And I feel like that's more fantastical than the adolescent syndrome of Bunny Girl Senpai. So I'm taking that argument to say that Bunny Girl Senpai is a slice of life because she is focused on a high school romance story. It deals with different characters. It is intrinsic to character feelings and plots. And the dialogue is very driven of the story. Like, you literally have characters profess things and think in concepts that, you know, is only really seen in, like, the slice of life genre. I'm not going to say, you know, Tanjiro doesn't have his great moments when he's sitting out here telling about how this demon didn't have to die and, like, it chose a different path. Just shout out to Tanjiro. you still one of the goats of the young, you know, shonen category, even though people give you crap because you cry, and that's okay. So, shout out to Tanjiro. All right. Let's uh let's take sixty seconds. One, I agree with you. Um, you know, it fits the definition that you hit me with earlier. Um, you know, other than the without fantastical aspects, which that kind of for me fits the vibe of a fantasy action, you know, not realistic vibe. Um, but focuses on characters in real life situations and interactions. Um, definitely a rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. And, um, you know, Devil is a part-timer in the focus of kind of more action-oriented show, uh, but mainly, you know, dealing with, you know, these fantastical characters interacting with regular-ass people in coming to terms of that kind of lifestyle. Um, definitely, that's Slice of Life to a T. Yeah. Um, let's talk about these kind of, and Slice of Life's goal is to evoke emotion. Right, that that's kind of the the number one signature stamp that that slice of life really focuses on is to get you, the viewer, to relate and feel things related to the uh, the interactions and relationships of the characters. So let's talk about how this same kind of concept is used in genres outside. You were just discussing um, with Demon Slayer and Tanjiro, really kind of relating to the demons he's fighting. But, uh, of course, that's not, you know, inhibiting him from doing his job of, of helping humanity continue to survive. Yes. No, I agree. And so you're saying let's talk about that in Demon Slayer and other side or talk about it in yeah, Slice let, Life? Let's, let's talk about uh, this the same kind of vibe in shows that aren't necessarily describe Slice of Life. Okay, okay. But uh, but the same kind of impact and, and uh, that's kind of the tool that makes Slice of Life works. But it's done in so many other successful shows. Yes. Uh, very specifically in like the shonen genre as we have some examples. Yes. Okay. So what I want to talk about is Attack on Titan, which is arguably, unarguably the biggest anime right now, only next to Demon Slayer. And everybody, there will be mild spoilers. So if you're not, you know, at least in the current season of Attack on Titan, just skip about three minutes and see if we're still talking about it. So you've got Aaron Yeager who is heralded as a protagonist and an antagonist at the same time. So much so that the Crunchyroll Awards nominated him for both. And what Aaron is doing is something that I feel like happens a lot in the slice of life genre. He is, you know, look, not looking at himself as the hero. Like the thing about shonen characters and what they're notorious for is they're the righteous hero. You've got the Naruto's 
I won't turn my back on these people. You've got the, you know, Deku's, I won't kill this person and all that. But Aaron is saying, you know, I'm above thinking that I am the hero that I am. You see that in shows such as, like, done, you know, amazingly in Fruits Baskets. Again, um, you know, slight spoilers. Toru Honda has to confront the big antagonist of the series. And she's like, I'm just like you. I am selfish just like you. And for that to happen, you don't see that in Shonen. You don't see Natsu staring down the Guildmaster. She's like, you know, I'm exactly like you, you know? And I feel like that is an aspect that Attack on Titan pulls from the, you know, other side of the anime spectrum that's commonly done in Slice of Life to add to Eren's character. And also, like, even so in Demon Slayer, you see Tanjiro reflect and take pity and care about these demons, even though he still has to do what he has to do. Like, in shows, like, if you look at, let's just take Plastic Memories, the end of it is super sad, and they still go along with what's happening because you still have to do that even though you don't want to. And, you know, I would say that that's one element that's commonly used in those shonens that we kind of praise more so than the average run-of-the-mills, like the... I can't even think of, like, a base shonen right now. Um, so so some of the, like, to your point about Aaron um, is is just, in, 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 you know, in my words, is just as evil as the people who have caused this world to be like this. Yes. You know? He's definitely not not the the hero of justice. Um, he is doing the things that have been done, but for his own purpose. Um, and he's relatable too. I would say, like a lot of people, yeah. You know, as much as no one wants to go and commit genocide, that's not what we're condoning here at all. But a lot of people would be hurt if they had something taken from them. They would want revenge. And showing we so, see, you don't want that revenge. You kind of put that in the back of your mind. <clears throat> Excuse me, but in human nature, it's realistic to want that revenge and even seek it, even if we don't act upon it. So let's talk about some shonen that kind of relate to that, but don't go as drastic as as this example. Um, of course, you know, Aaron is being presumably uh, the devil to save the world uh, or to save his world. Um, but we certainly do have some some examples. You know, in my mind, I think Naruto. And uh, a Black Clover as yeah. kind of uh, a spiritual successor, where our main character is, you know, this this good, positive individual who's going through a struggle of not only the world hating him, but also having this malevolent force inside themselves that they have to deal with and kind of uh, uh, befriend to help uh, them continue their goal of success. Um, you know. That And that's definitely relationship-driven, is I'm going to make friends with the, the hatred inside myself that is personified in whether it be Karama, the Ninetale Fox, or the random-ass demon that's in uh, in Asta. Yeah. Um, that That's definitely kind of that focus of, of dealing with uh, uh, an emotion and a an experience. Um, that is clearly not being dealt with in the same situation when we talk about uh, Attack on Titan. Yeah. And I would say uh, not even just like Attack on Titan. You look at characters, you know, from other shonens like One Piece or, you know, characters. We'll just go with One Piece for now. But characters like, you know, Luffy, who 
is like, I'm not a hero. I'm a pirate. And there's a reason that Luthi and like Yusuke from Yu Hakusho, when he says he'll fight anybody, he doesn't care, you know, whether it's a male, female, child, or whoever. If you come at him and take, you know, attack him, he's going to hit you back with that same amount of force. You know, those are things that we can relate to, not just in the terms of violence, but, you know, pirates aren't necessarily good people. They're selfish. They yeah. don't want to be regarded as a hero. Yusuke is a delinquent. He's not going to be the, you know, for lack of a better word, like church boy you want him to be. And that is something that I feel like people can relate to opposed to characters, you know, like you said, Naruto, the Natsus, the characters who will just, you know, put the right thing above everything else, like, or doesn't even have that hesitation, you know. And that was one thing that I also really liked in, you know, 86 even though that is not, you know, a shonen, it's a mecha anime, but it kind of had that, like, aspect of slice of life when it had that real realistic portrayal just because, like, you don't want someone to take pity on you. You know, that's a real human emotion, you know? It's not like, oh, you saved me and I can just retire and not care about it. You think about, you know, all the people you've lost and things like that, so you just don't want that to happen. And that's something we see very prevalent in slice of life in the... Fruits Baskets, the My Teen Sna- Romance Snafu, you know, all these other great shows. Definitely. Um, so, you know, in, in, in talking about the variety of shows that really deal with this kind of emotional and, and character-driven story, um, there there may be a perception that, uh, you know, Slice of Life is boring. How do, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's one thing that I see the anime community always saying, like, you know, because I have a um, Discord that I'm in that talks about, you know, a lot of anime stuff. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't really watch Slice of Life because it's boring. Because someone asked me for something good to watch. And I recommend it, you know, My Dress Up Darling. I'm like, this is number one. And they're like, oh, it says it's Slice of Life. I'm not going to watch that because it's, like, boring and predictable. And I'm like, Slice of Life is far less predictable than Shonen and even sports anime and stuff like that. Because you know how that's going to go, you know. You know the shon- you know the main character... Nine times out of ten, because Gurren Logan kind of did a fake out, so did a Kamega kill, where you know the main character is not going to die. Spoilers for those shows. Um, the main character is not going to die. They're going to live. They're going to make it out. They're going to take some damage, yes. But at the end of the day, you know that they're going to be okay. And I know recently we were talking about, I was super hype about um, Demon Slayer, you know, the episode before last, episode 10. I was with that group on the internet who was going crazy. And we were like, man, this just feels like some Dragon Ball Z stuff because it's repetitive and it's taking us like six episodes for this fight. And I'm like, you know, I feel you on that because Demon Slayer, I'm not saying that Shonen and mainly Demon Slayer is all hype, but that does play into it where I have watched whole slice of life shows where I don't want to say, you know, that... You know, Kaguya-sama Love is War doesn't have hype in it because it does. It has, like, suspense and things, but it's never to the level of a show. It's never like, oh, my God, I can't, like, I can't eat my food while I'm watching this because it's so intense and I don't want to miss anything. It's, you know, kind of a, opposed to it being more like a Bugatti, it's more like a Jaguar, I would say. That's how I kind of consider a slice of life. It'll, it can get yeah. fast. It has that luxury, but overall it's a smoother... You know, ride. It's not designed to like you know pin you to the back of your seat. It's designed to give you the best 
luxury experience while bringing in aspects of all other things as well. Yeah. So no, I I think that's a good uh, a good uh, comparison in terms of the the goal of the genre. Yeah. Right. The the delivery and the techniques are still very similar, uh, but the goal is different. Or or I guess vice versa. That would be the goal is the same to get you to feel something and be engaged with the story. The the tool in which they use to deliver that is different. Where Shonen is very drastic and and uh, action oriented. A slice of life is very, um, you know, conversational, dialogue-based, situational-based um, to get you to relate. But the issue is it requires you to pay attention and remember. Yes. And maybe that's that's part of the hang-up with slice of life is if it's not, you know, uh, explosions and bloodshed at all times, are you really even interested in it if it's just kind of an exciting factor that really gets you into the show? And I think people confuse, you know, I don't want to say comfort. Maybe that's not the right word because, trust me, watching I Want to Eat Your Pancreas is definitely not comfortable. I thought a lot of things are going to go crazy a lot of times. But I think people confuse comfort with boring. I think people confuse, you know, fake outs and because I'm, I'm going to say this. I was talking to my friend Andre, who's also read the manga of Attack on Titan, and we were talking about how people are probably going to praise Attack on Titan a lot more than it should be because it's kind of like bombastic, like plot turns and twists. I feel like people a lot of times will confuse, you know, curveballs and things happening as, as I see all the time on Twitter, air quote, peak fiction, which there's nothing to matter with what you like. And everybody has a different, yeah. you know, measurement for greatness and something being peak and the best to their abilities. But we know that there are like, or I personally have read stories that I have enjoyed a lot more and I felt like I had better endings and a lot bigger highs than Attack on Titan. Yeah. And Attack on Titan definitely had some moments where I was like, hold up, wow, like this storytelling is great, but I feel like in terms of storytelling, Fruits Baskets is unmatched. Yu Yu Hakusho is pretty up there. You know, my Team Romantic Snipe Foo is pretty up there. You know, even, I will even say that in terms of other shonens, I feel like, you know, I don't know if I can say, the fir- can I say the first two or three seasons of Hironi Kenshin? Can I say that? Can I, like, cut out, like, the last part of it? But, um, no, in all seriousness, but, though, there are a lot of, you know, good... Like Full Metal Alchemist is another one. How did I forget that one? Yeah, that has amazing yeah. story, amazing storytelling. You know, Steins Gate, great storytelling. Hunter Hunter, you know. And I'm not saying these the slight, you know, Attack on Titan or taking anything away from that at all. But I'm just saying, if we look at these series, we can see that, you know, they don't really rely on like the crazy plot twist and turn. Which again, I'm not saying anything's the matter with that. Yeah. I'm just saying that I have personally enjoyed stories more myself. Like, like very honestly, I'm not going to remember Aaron Yeager as a particularly interesting character. Yes. Like, like he's a goon. Like, the things he's doing is crazy. <laughs> I'll say that. Like, I have respect for him in the aspect of, like, I think, I'm going to say it. I think Armin is one of the worst. My least favorite character in anime <laughs> is Armin Arjun. Like, I just I feel that way, like I don't like God it. God damn it! So, 
But, um, you know, it, it, it feels very much like all of these characters in Attack on Titan are just victims of their circumstances. Yeah. Which are, are you know, it, it is what it is. That's what the entire show is based on, is, is the lack of control that an individual has on their existence. Um, so when when they finally do, and especially in the in terms of the drastic power that comes with uh, with having Titan powers, um, that's kind of the focus on the ability to affect change. Uh, but still, you know, Aaron Yeager is not particularly interesting as a character. And I got a hot. You know, he's he's sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, he, he's kind of just your basic shonen protagonist that then gets to do entirely crazy and demonic things as things progress. Um, but you know, not, he doesn't have, we don't at least get to see, which is part of the mystery and the big reveals. We don't get to see his motivation and his thought process behind all of it. It's just, and now Aaron's doing some crazy fucked up shit again. Great. <laughs> and I'm going to say this. Add it, to, add it to the list of Kai's hot takes. You know, Static's hot takes that I had with the whole Ty and Mimi ended up together. I feel that 86 is a more realistic and a better portrayal of war and the human condition than Attack on Titan is. Yes, definitely. And I, That's not a hot take, Kai. I, I guarantee uh, I, you unless, for most unless people it's very much you, is. Like that, they'll take that as a hot take. Like, have you watched 86? Yeah, the problem, <laughs> That's the real question. True, yes. Because, like, 86 is such a good portrayal. Like, and honestly, and I'm talking about, okay, when I'm talking about storytelling, yeah, I'm talking about, like, of the recent year, the stories that come to mind when you ask me for great storytelling are going to be Fruits Baskets, Mashoko Tensei, One Piece, and, you know, those are the top three. I can't think of more. Yeah. But those are the three um, that come into my mind. I want you to tell me shortly about Mashoku Tensei, and then we'll round out with the goat yes. of Slice of Life with uh, Fruits Basket. So so tell me a little bit about why Mashoku Tensei kind of is the greatest in storytelling in the recent, uh, recent exposure. So Mashoku Tensei is a Slice of Life anime, uh, also known as Jobless Incarnation, or Jobless Reincarnation for the people who just like in English, like myself. But um, it's praises like the godfather of Isekai because it does a, such a good job of like setting up these characters. It, it takes the standard, you know, Isekai tropes of a character coming from the human world into this fantastic world who ages down about 20 to 30 years or, you know, is really just reborn. And Rudis Greyrat, the main character, is again a very realistic, you know, character. He comes into this world. He's like, oh, you know, what is this? Like, who is this woman that I'm, like, suckling on? He's like, what? And, you know, he goes on this journey. He learns how to read. He uses his skills that he has from the human world and takes them, like, uses them since growth. And he experiences, you know, heartbreak, loss, um, all these elements. And he's scared, but he's also, you know, cunning. And it shows that you can't BS your way out of everything. And it's a really good, you know, I think the first core is 11 episodes. The second core is 12. So a 23 episode anime um, season one. We've got other seasons coming. Like a studio was made just for this, like Studio Bind, which is a combination between White Fox and Egg Firm, I believe, was created just to make Mushoko Tensei. And it has such good, like writing and storytelling like the intro each intro is different each soundtrack is different there's a lot of love and care put into it 
and the characters are just really the focus. And the world building also doesn't the world built. There's no sacrifices in Mushoko Tensei, which I feel like that is the main thing behind it. I feel like the only other anime I can say as of recently that that has been the case is Fruits Baskets, where there hasn't been any sacrifices. Like the animation has been on point. The music has been on point. The characters have been on point. The world building has been on point. Like the pacing as well. And that's another thing I want to say about Slice of Life anime. I feel like the pacing in Slice of Life anime is always better than it is in other genres. That's just how I feel personally. Like, I feel like the stories never feel rushed. Like, I was, I told you, I was worried when Fruits Baskets got 13 episodes in the last season. But did you feel like it was rushed at all? No, honestly, it felt like it fit the story they were trying to tell. Did I want more? Yes. Of course. Which we, we're getting more. Um, we're getting a prequel, but, you know, I want it more on the <laughs> back end, but I'll take it. Yeah. But then again, also, we didn't know what this portion of the Fruits Basket story was like. So I am absolutely glad that they didn't try to overproduce without that much content to fill the time. I'm certainly glad that they didn't decide to use filler to just make it 24 episodes. I agree, 100%. And... But yeah, so I would say, you know, those storytelling aspects really, the storytelling aspects of Slice of Life can bleed into other genres, just like everything. At the end of the day, anime is all reciprocal. Nothing's really new. Nothing's really old because everything's being borrowed and used elsewhere. Like you take, you know, I want to say Demon Slayer. A lot of people complain that Demon Slayer is just the same thing, but it takes in new aspects and does new things. You know, my dress-up darling is literally been done before and smile down the runway. They're just adding more other things. This time they're adding a little bit more, you know, provocative. And they're adding a character who isn't like, you know, he's shy, but he's not really like ashamed of himself or afraid. You know, he understands from the get-go kind of what he can offer. You know, like that time I got reincarnated as slime. We've had overpowered, you know, isekai characters but this is like, you know, a good take on it because he's like, okay, I can't just piss around anymore. I have to take care of all these people. And, you know, Shield Heroes coming out in April. So I just wanted to talk <laughs> about that because I'm excited. But yeah. That's one show I wouldn't call in, uh, a slice of life. It I is. would not call. Shield Hero is a solid isekai. I don't feel like I can add. Yeah. It's like I can give you action and adventure. Yeah, but I can't give you I can't give you slice of life aspects. I can't give you, you know, shonen. I can't give you that's like it's it's in its own lane because it just yeah, Shoulder Heroes is just great. You know, it's one of the one of the genres, that, top genres, top animes of that genre. I feel like I I agree with that definitely. Um, it is a a very well done uh, example of its genre. Whatever the genre it might be, yeah. it's certainly not. I'd say Isekai. Uh, I feel like Isekai's earned his own genre at this point. Like, we gotta yeah. give it to it. And if we got giant robots, we gotta think about people being transported to a world that's not their own. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, what are your, like, top three or top five? What are your top slice of life? Uh, fruits Baskets, Devil, or not Devil is Bard Time. Fruit, fruits Baskets, Bunny Girl Senpai. Um, and then it's like runner up for uh, Plastic Memories, uh, Angel Beats, and then like Anohana or Komi. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Like, I agree. 100%. So 
I'm gonna agree with you. We both got the same number one. You know, fruits baskets, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fruits baskets, Kaguya-sama, Bunny Girl, kind of two and three, like point five a difference of each other. Um, my t- my romantic teen snafu number four, and Comey or my dress up darling is probably gonna take number five. They're both really good. I'm kind of leaning more towards my dress up darling, but that could be recent biasy, you know. But like Kaguya-sama and Bunny Girl are definitely super close to number like at number two but first baskets is just like in a league of his own and then of course i got to give a shout out to um i already forgot what the other one i said was but <laughs> but yeah you know which really shows uh really shows yeah. the drastic difference between fruits baskets and everything yeah, else. fruits baskets bunny girl kaguya and i think i said my dress up and comey yeah they're just yeah, yeah so Fruits baskets, the other two good ones, and then the rest of them hoes. <laughs> they know who they are. They're all they're all good stuff though. So I I appreciate you know all the all the slice of life that we have gotten and love, and I guarantee you that there is a slice of life out there for you. Um, you just gotta go and watch it and find it. You know. Yeah, man. You want zodiacs? We got you. You want robot women? We got you. You want? I don't know. Literal dragons coming to deal with a salary woman? We got you. You want teenagers going through supernatural shit? Pick which one you want. Mm-hmm. We got literal Satan coming to your universe to work at a, at a McDonald's? We got you. You want a girl that's dying that gets to deal with the outcast of the school? We got you. You want a girl that literally can't say words to another human being in, in, in verbalized form but then grows to have 100 friends? We got you. You want somebody who's trying to be like the greatest designer and also the greatest like uh, model at the same time? We got two of them depending on how sexy you want it. You want a dead girl that's like trying to get her friends to come back together after being dead for like 15 years? We got you. you whatever you want. Yes. It exists. It does. Don't watch Clan Ad, though. Super freaking sad. <laughs> Cried. I thought the word was don't watch Clan Ad after story. Don't watch any Clan Ad. <laughs> like, just <laughs> no Clan Ad. <laughs> it is great, I hear, but I just, I, no, 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 no. And um, default to me, because I, the one I forgot, the two I forgot were Snafu, my team remained comedy Snafu, and Smile on the Runway are like all in my top five. I have. Seven in my top five. It is what it is. Yeah, man. I feel it. I feel it. But definitely, um, it's a great genre. It is definitely worth whatever time you're not investing in it currently. And um, there are shows that fit your interest that can also make you feel things. Yes. Uh, it it's, it's really just whatever it is you like, go watch it. Yes. And if there's something you don't think you like, watch it, be engaged, and find a new passion for whatever the fuck the flavor of the week is. Yes. You know? Like, whatever you like, it's okay to like it. Just keep your mind open to other things. That's how I discovered the wonders of Slice of Life in I Will Never Go Back. Absolutely. Of course, Never Going Back is us here on your typical Shono protagonist. Uh, you can catch this show on all your podcasters, talking Spotify, Amazon, um, iTunes, Apple Music. At Apple Music, I forget that it's not iTunes anymore. Um, on, uh, of course, at your typical front of protagonist or at your TSP on Twitter. You got a Twitter too? Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads, um, where I talk about a plethora of stuff. 
Not as much as I should, but I'm trying to get back out there. Twitter's hard, man. Twitter's hard. Yeah, man. I believe it. And of course, you can catch the other product at you, uh, Content Breaker and all your podcatchers or at uh, YouTube as well at Content Breaker. Uh, we'll catch y'all next week for more. Your typical Shona protagonist.